0: Hello and welcome to BizPod. On this week's episode, we'll be talking about motivation, how to maintain motivation, reward systems, and how to keep a good work-life balance.
1: Welcome back to BizPod. I'm Louise Duncan, and I'm here with...
0: And Tom Winters, and it is exciting to be back with episode four. It's crazy how quickly uh, the episodes just keep on going by.
1: It it really is. I mean, we've got a good schedule for recording, um, so we're always sort of nice and on time and regular. But yeah, the weeks are just flying by.
0: And if you are a you know just joined us, uh, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Uh, we appreciate all support. Um, we've got episode one. We'll give you a good little introduction to who we are if you're interested in what we're all about. But on today's episode, it's going to be the the motivation, which, you know, everybody when they, they start this sort of thing, it's, uh, they can get ve- very detailed oriented and uh, forget themselves a little, which is not good.
1: I wonder who that reminds you of, Anton. Oh. I wonder <laughs> who. Um, but yeah, I think motivation is one of those slightly elusive, uh, magical Entity which um, can be hard to find sometimes, or you can have it momentarily, or um, a whole plethora of of wonderful experiences with motivation. So we're going to talk a little bit about ourselves and and how we have done it, how how we have done it, dealt with it, how we find it, and what we do with it, um, and then hopefully that can help you a little bit.
0: Yeah. So hopefully this conversation will be. Kind of useful from if you're maybe somebody who struggles to quite capture that, uh, motivation, or if you're somebody who has decent motivation, and you just don't want to burn out or over over expand yourself, really, because um you know, each and every person has a different experience, and you might be motivated for some parts of the business process and not other parts. Which, if you know, being in the, the creative sector, that's uh, very easy to have that that binary parallel. <laughs>
1: Mm, I think especially the fact that we're both dyslexic as well. Um, There is a dread when it comes to certain elements of the business, Um, you know, that we know that they have to be done. And the more we do it, the easier it gets. And it's kind of that it's not even really self. Well, it's sort of self-fulfilling that, you know, we think it will go bad. So we put it off. So then it's rushed and, and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, let's just get right into it. Um, Anton, what would you say is motivation? Yeah, I think
0: the the word motivation has kind of gotten this weird mystical quality over time because, you know, you, there's all these videos on YouTube and uh, it's, kind of, you see them on Facebook and you see these people and they're, they just have this immediate drive and it, they're, they're just going for it ferociously and self destructively. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, if something was like super easy and you were just going for it, you don't need motivation that's not motivation where you're just super passionate and going for it the the motivation is like the ability to get up and just do something that's a little bit harder like Hmm. otherwise it would just almost be like a hobby if you know what i mean
1: i guess i would say that then motivation is required for hobbies because i feel for me at least that the motivation um is required for almost anything I do and I can do stuff better with motivation so if it's say a hobby um if I'm not motivated for it I won't do it um whether that's something that's easy that or that I like or not but again you're right that you can kind of do anything with the motivation um if it's something that you don't like if it's something that's difficult if you've got that drive behind you it's sort of achievable um I would yeah. say, kind of motivation, sort of ties a little bit into self confidence. I think you've got to have an initial belief in yourself. Absolutely. But yeah, I would. I guess I would argue that everything takes motivation.
0: Yeah, I think you know, uh, motivation is a weird one where it's almost like um, you know, a, f- a personal fuel uh, that you know you you, can, you can't. Well, maybe you can eat to g- eat or consume to get, but you know, if you're running on empty um you know you might be able to do a little bit of the the fun stuff and basically none of the the hard stuff but mm. if you get a little bit that allows you to do more stuff and if you've got a lot of uh motivation at that particular time you can kind of delegate that a little so let's say you know you have one fun task that maybe takes up 25 percent of your motivation you can maybe put 75 percent of that motivation towards it the harder more let's say for instance in our case being dyslexic the writing tasks it would be more taxing (laughs) Mm. (laughs) which is a yeah it's a, a weird one
1: yeah i i guess i can sort of see what you're saying there um but i also think there can definitely be times where you just have no motivation for anything um and that i feel definitely ties into sort of burnout and sort of difficulties with life and stuff, which we'll talk a little bit about later. Um, so there we sort of acknowledge that there will be times we just don't have any motivation to do anything. And I think that's part of the human experience um is is a desire and a want to to sort of be productive and exist and create um and equally you know, there will be those dips on the opposite side. Yeah. Because I think the nature of motivation.
0: And I think the the idea of burnout is really key because it's almost as if you're you're driving a a car you know you 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 don't <laughs> another, want to be spinning your Anton wheels metaphor here. exactly <laughs> <laughs> you know you that if the traction was your motivation uh, if you had no traction you just don't want to be sitting there spinning your wheels and vice versa that's pointless so you know um, It's it's about being able to avoid situations where you are just spinning your wheels, not able to get moving or started or don't want to uh, is really important.
1: Hmm. I guess, yeah, that's interesting that you see it as the the traction because I would feel to add my own metaphor in here, that it's more about the fuel in the engine, that if you don't have the fuel in the engine... You know your tires can't spin. Whether you're on soft ground, in in the mud, you know, underwater, that vehicle ain't going anywhere if you can't get it started.
0: Mm, we've got multiple analogies that can link up yeah.
1: here. <laughs> can we add more? Okay, you're a plane, right? And the the motivation is the air. No.
0: No. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a weird one because, uh, like. You, you don't want to push yourself past that point when you have no motivation. And I think this is where a lot of these YouTube videos and Facebook videos that are, are so popular are kind of doing this mystifying thing to motivation where they're, they're just like, yeah, just grind through it. Because if mm. you are so burnt out and doing paperwork that you're forgetting how to spell words, which is common <laughs> in my case. like <laughs> Totally.
1: Totally it, <laughs> didn't happen yesterday or anything.
0: Yeah, you don't want... like. Even if you put in like the one hour or the eight hours, you're, you're just, you're not moving forward. And so it's all about trying to prevent situations when you're you're burnt out like that and figuring out how to rejuvenate yourself so you're not stuck in that situation.
1: But then also, yeah, I feel like motivation isn't necessarily directly linked to the task that you're doing. I find that some mornings I will just have far more motivation than others. And that could be done, sorry, that could be due to, you know, a good night's sleep or something that's exciting that's happening later on in the day. Or um, I just have motivation out of nowhere. And it's kind of about, okay, okay, you know, we've got this energy, we've got this um, sort of oomph to get going so let's use it and let's do it um, and I think definitely for me as someone who's had to sort of manage their energy a lot for um, over half of their life that's been really important is about knowing what motivation feels like and knowing this is when I have to use it.
0: Yeah it's always a beautiful moment when you've just kept, you hit that creative spark and you're like <gasps> Or n- n- not even creative, but just that ah, uh, you know, X, Y, Z this can happen, I could do this if we do, or oh, what if it was like this, and you just have that calf kind of, like, off the like, almost like a sprint, You're, you've got the, the triggers being f- metaphorically being blown on the, the running gun, I don't know what it's called, <laughs> and you just go for <laughs> it that is fantastic
1: <laughs> well, the running gun, um, I, my understanding is, it is just a gun but yeah, um and so I think you've really got to identify in yourself when you feel that motivation and how you've got to use it. And whether that is just the motivation to finally tackle your email inbox, whether that is the motivation to, you know, get up and get creative and write that new script or whether it is just the motivation to, you know what, I'm going to clean up my office before I get started today. Um, I think all of those things are really important and sort of part of that living business experience if that even makes any sense. Um, Because once you've sort of achieved that first hurdle, especially when you've got the motivation, everything kind of follows and is a lot easier.
0: And, you know, I think that that leads on perfectly to just the ideas of how to nurture uh, your motivation and kind of a good ready-to-go mindset where, I don't know about you, having a clean, tidy workspace does Mm. wonders to just get my head down.
1: That good good right there. <laughs> um, Yeah, I find something, you know, in whether it is the process of tidying, you know, and whether that's just moving files, whether that's physically tidying a space. After doing that, I always find I have a spike of motivation because there is something sort of organized about it that maybe perhaps there is a lack of motivation in sort of disorientation and so having sort of clear obvious work paths and route is also probably part of it that it then oh well it is actually super easy and then in that the sort of self-confidence you know is lit the the interest is lit and then you've sort of got motivation which comes through that
0: yeah and uh, I think coming from a a slightly different perspective where I think we we do like our flatliner we kind of experience it in different ways Mm. uh where i I know in my case just being able to have things sorted and tidied it's like enables a little bit more focus where it's like oh you're not fidgeting with things that are just around you or uh playing with some random projects that have been left out on the desktop and just uh aren't really important to the the grand (laughs) vision at that point uh, point, which can be a very easy downward spiral (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think similarly, it's sort of trying to find that motivation um, can come from, like, many different places. Um, and so even if it is something like, sorry, I'm losing my mind here. Um That's quite have right. I've, I've lost the motivation. No, um, whether it even is just learning how you as an individual can grasp the, that idea of motivation, um you know, and you're motivated to find how you find motivation. I think that's a really important thing to do, especially when starting a business, especially when moving into the professional sector, uh, especially whenever um, you've got to know how to find out what makes you tick or what makes you drive.
0: Yeah, and I, I think one way it's quite handy to do that is to basically, if possible, try and streamline as much of your your personal life as possible where in which of the ways that you are know, getting your your sleep schedule in order your eating mm. habits in order where you're you're not having these kind of ebbs and flows where you have a, a bad night's sleep or a um you eat poorly one day and then that doesn't allow you to let's say if you're exercise at one point having everything as tightly integrated as possible where you're not having to think about the little day-to-day stuff as much and allowing your mind to be uh giving your mind more time to recharge and having more more left in the the reserve when you get into the the working space and the working environment is really ideal
1: Mm. um i know both of us work from home um unless we're on a job which i think even in that they both require very different kinds of motivation um because there's sort of an endless grind when we're then doing our own work from home and is when we're on a job it's got to be a lot of very sort of um electric firing constantly right let's go kind of stuff when we're on um when we're when yeah, we set it's
0: like a, a sprint versus uh, a marathon it's um different yeah. kinds of um, motivation um and different ways you need to look at things eh?
1: Yeah, I think something because I I asked my flatmate is, you know, a little bit of a a sort of an interest uh, as she's also working. And it was like, well, how do you find motivation or or, what do you have any tips about it? And she just said a great thing that that pre-rewards never work. Um, And and I think that's something that I rely on heavily is kind of a reward system, whether that is I do another hour and I can eat lunch or If I do, you know, if I finish the day at four, there's still enough sun, you know, that I can go for a sunset walk or, you know, okay, well, if we do these two days of long work in the office, you know, on Thursday, we're out and we're filming and that's really exciting and that's fun. And for me, I absolutely use a reward system. Um... To keep me going, and again, whether that's okay. Well, at the end of the day, I get to go see uh, my best friend, or whether that's oh, I'm going to watch a movie later. Um, it can be really small things, you know. Oh, I get to go outside later, so exciting. Um, but I find that's so important on a kind of a daily basis, not necessarily that super long term, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and it's um, you know, I I think at the end of the day, you're you're kind of trying to manipulate your brain into cooperating and pushing you forward in the direction that you know is best and Mm. you know whether that's a a tangible reward or if you just want to play tricks on yourself to try and get yourself to go there uh, it's learning what skills work best Uh, the one I always just defined is that worked for me um, when I was in harder periods of my life was you know if You had to, let's say, get up at 4 a.m. Most days, you're just like, I can't do this. Especially if it's just a normal day and you're just wanting to get up and get some work done. It's really impossible. But if somebody said to you, if you get up at 4 a.m. and go to this location, there'll be 4 million sitting there for you. Not a minute past 4, it'll be gone. You'd be up at like 2 a.m. Like you would have it sorted and I... you know that's a very fake and kind of hypothetical uh, reward system, but I think recontextualizing how you're viewing your your small tasks and trying to look at them as bigger things, or as um, you know, treating them as they were if and um, treating them as if they were more important than they were can be a real driving force and a way to kind of trick your brain into putting in the, the 200% it might be needed on some days.
1: Yeah, I guess that idea of, you know, this the answering these emails is actually part of a greater element of me being organized of then me being more efficient. I think, you know, as as um business startups in a wonderful Uh, You know, postmodern capitalist world, shall we say, a neoliberal, get all those words in there. I think as individuals, we are constantly thinking about our time and our energy as money and profit, um, which is maybe how everyone's always thought of it. Um but I think, as someone who works a lot on creative energies it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel natural and so yeah i I can see how for yourself that idea of if I can just get this done, it's actually part of that, and it's actually more worth my while
0: yeah, there's um it's more so looked at as like a way of helping people with depression, but there's a a theory I believe it's narrative theory um or narrative program or something along that sort of line where, you know, there's a lot going on in life and it's easy to get distracted or struggle to know what you're doing or to focus on what's important. And the idea is you kind of set, you know, vague goalposts for yourself of dreams and aspirations and things like that. And then think of your life almost like a story, see where you are now and think of the kind of beats that go along that, let's say on a more long time scale, you might hate the idea of going to university. Obviously, not everybody's in that case, but let's say you do. But if you have the, in your narrative of life, that leads to you becoming a a successful lawyer, then, you know, you look at it less as a bad part, but more so as part of your story. And I think with a business, Mm. that could be depending, not for everyone, but for some people, a useful way of being able to, look at all the the compartmentalized parts of your life the you know setting up your your uh, PE or whatever it could be as part of that longer narrative and allow you to kind of cut off things that maybe not be or maybe not so necessary to that overall vision
1: yeah i think that is interesting um I guess, yeah, I definitely find that there's only sometimes I can look at that really larger picture, but I think that is a, a wonderful perspective to have. Um, I definitely find um, something that really keeps it solid for me as an incredibly um, extroverted person is is working with somebody else. Yeah. Because I find <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. because I find Yeah, working that together, <laughs> partnerships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that there there is something in having another person there that is sort of motivation and then oh well, you know, they're doing another couple hours, I can also do another couple hours or you know, oh, well, I don't want to let them down. I've got to I've got to do it. So whether that's thinking about your own self and your work as a team or that whether that's recontextualizing yourself in your workspace as part of a team moving towards something together that could also be a really great way to find um that little bit of extra you know sorry it's my stomach um pep in the morning
0: <laughs> yeah you know I think uh obviously it's important to have that um you know f- like Especially if you are in a situation such as ourselves, where you're working with somebody to have that, you know, balance between friendship and working. But I think having someone else there is quite handy in a way that it's nice to just be able. It's like, all right, you know, nine a.m. We have our meeting where we're in the business mode. I, you know, when you quite often see it if you're working by yourself, where in which, you know, you're so left to your own devices. Whether you start at six a.m. or two o'clock in the afternoon it doesn't matter too much and then you get in weird situations where if you start at two you're working till let's say 10 o'clock at night and you know that's where things can slip and mm-hmm. having somebody to lean on or kind of uh, to kind of work as a team can kind of help you avoid those situations which has been quite handy in my case where i do just uh work and then i burn yeah. myself out <laughs>
1: In, in night-night mode. Yeah, it's um, um, the choice of night where, shift. Where you're suddenly nocturnal for no specific reason that I can discern. And then we can't have any meetings because one of us is always exhausted because it's the end of the day for, for whoever and the start of somebody else's
0: yeah i think uh to to give context to to what we're discussing there's been a couple jobs where we've just had to turn around drafts quickly where i basically shuffled onto night shifts so um you know with companies that have a kind of tier system of people that kind of need to approve and look at drafts it can go and have like six hours going for them get to the like they send us an email like four o'clock and then i can start like five o'clock and then uh, at night and then work on night shift and have a brand new draft or uh, video on their desk by the next morning. Which uh you know, they were really impressed that client. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it was almost like s- switching into night shift isn't like a normal thing. Um and yes, that is something that we provide at NACA Media. Um but isn't necessarily The super healthiest and so and then finding the motivation for those is hard so it's about us working together and making sure that Anton is doing this in a safe way (laughs) um I would not recommend it um yeah
0: even coming from somebody who's done this uh, a fair bit it's like I've grown up around people who have worked on night shift for 20 years so you know there's it's all about shifting your your parents into it and you know you you want well, to be careful with it because if you do it wrong you, you can easily knock yourself out for a good four days just by like timing your sleep incredibly wrong so uh, not recommended
1: <laughs> but i think that the core of that is there is sort of a trust and reliance on each other um to do the sort of selected bits but but then that pushes us both forward of of you know we do this recording in the morning um, which seems like madness, um. But it's we are then both motivated and we're both alert and awake because it's about right. You know, we're doing this for each other in a kind of a way, and, and I think that's really important for me. Is like okay, you know, because uh, screw Louise, who likes her, but you know, oh Anton and the company, mm, they're they're good <laughs> boys. You know, it's, I should do it for them.
0: It's a, uh, it's true what you say about doing stuff in the morning there where it kind of reminds me of the fact of once you kind of get a, a little bit of a handle of what your you know like your your motivation like even if you improve it and get better it will never be at 100% all the time so it's learning when it's at its best so for instance for myself I find I have uh the best kind of create like proactive or kind of older over the shoulder cell work in the morning so if I, I have any writing i need to do any kind of numbers i need to do that stuff is put as early in the morning when i've got like yeah. two cups of coffee in me and <laughs> two slices of toast the just mindless uh key framing in a, a project that can go at the 4 p.m
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i try and um do that sort of work in the morning and then any social or meetings. Um, why can then leech off of other people's energy and motivation? That's then the afternoon um you know because you sort of get a buzz in getting ready and then you're meeting with other people and you're chatting and there's always a little bit of oh hi how are you and 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 you know that sort of re- uh, is is a little bit of uh, to use to use one of Anton's metaphors um, a little bit of water for the the dry dried out plant and yeah again that's just another way of you know you've got a little bit of control over your life so so use that and plan it so that it suits you so that you can do better
0: absolutely and uh, you know I think having you know it's very tempting not to uh, and especially somebody who doesn't eat lunch Uh yeah. it's kind of like why would I take a break <laughs> But, no, having but the breaks whole point breaks yeah. are brilliant. Uh, it's a new addition to my life. I never did it up until starting Mac <laughs> Media LP. But lunches are pretty cool. Outside of the eating food, who would want to do that? Yeah,
1: like it it just seems so it seems so insane to me that you didn't do breaks and lunches. But yeah, I find um and especially what I did on my internship before would be I would get I'd get an hour or yeah, I'd get an hour at lunch. And so it was like, right, what am I doing with this hour that I just need to take take time off and not think about it and do whatever. Um, And that was when I more recently got my Switch. So I'd spend five to maybe ten minutes max actually eating. And then the rest of the hour would be playing Breath of the Wild. Um, <laughs> And it, if I found it really good because it was me focusing on something completely different and for fun. And that didn't really matter, you know, if I made mistakes and it didn't really matter if I just sat there and was weird. Um, because I could just sort of do this other thing for a while and so when I'd come back to the creative work or the editing or the writing or, or or like learning about how to do whatever um I could then I was then sort of a lot more switched on though also I think lunch breaks are really important to remember that if it is that you need time switched off you've got to dedicate it to that. Um, So there'd also be days where I'd just have to sit and close my eyes and just kind of, you know, breathe deeply and kind of not think about anything. Um, And that would be the break that would give me the breather that would give me back the motivation for when I started.
0: Yeah, see, originally, um, for me, especially when it was uh, not really jobs that were the most forward-pushing, it would just kind of be a case of, us. if if the job allowed for it, of course, I'll just miss out on the break and finish an hour early. But what Mm. you find if you just have that long stretch is you're almost winded at the the end of it where you're just kind of... It'll take you a while to get your feet back on and get on... Like if you're doing extra uh, stuff outside of that, let's say, uh, you you do a a podcast or you're uh, doing some illustration work on the side you know you'll it'll be harder to jump right into the next thing without kind of segmenting your day a little and kind of giving you a little bit of a breather and who knows you might be somebody who actually likes to eat food this might be a just very specific situation (laughs) for me where i have the option not to (laughs) it
1: feels it feels a little specific but i think even if say you're doing your full you know nine to five of work and then you want to meet friends afterwards um you know even just the because that sort of social also takes um energy and time um and and yes, sometimes the decision is do i do I work and crash out, or do I you know have to do the social? you sort of gotta split it up um that you know, you can be exhausted if you're just smashing through. And so you've kind of got to be like, well, was it worth it? You know, did I have the motivation? Was it worth it? Um, or can I use the social at the end of the day to give me the motivation to get through it? Um, it's, I think it's a very personal thing at the end of the day. So you've you've got to, I think you've got to expend energy into finding what works best for you because it is worth it at the end of the day.
0: Absolutely. And Shuffling on, I've got a question for you, because oh, I think yeah, you're you're far more uh, insightful on not overworking than me. Um <laughs> mm. you've let's say you've hit that kind of baseline where it's you're you've kind of exhausted yourself out, maybe you had to crunch for a project unfortunately or something like that. What's your how would you kind of get yourself back into the, the normal working life? Or routine rather
1: yeah well so i think this is something that i heard a very long time ago um and that i've kind of always had to use um and the concept is rest when you're well so that you don't have to do extra resting when you're unwell um and and it kind of seems nuts because it's like why would i use my free time to rest um but it it works in the ideas of you take a break at lunch and you know I know you think it's mad that I cook dinner, but I find in the hour or so that I'm chopping vegetables and doing whatever, I'm actually winding down and I'm resting and I'm relaxing. And I know that, well, if I just do this now, I can eat really good food later. Um, And not everyone has time for that, of course. Um, But I find that pacing yourself is really really important for keeping motivation in a long-term capacity so there will be times where you just have to crunch and you've maybe got four days of you know 12 hour days um and if that's very unusual that can just totally kind of you know blare you out and so what you've then got to do is after that is you've got to rest and you've got to stop um because that that is part of motivation is that you've got to give yourself the downtime so you can have those uptimes. You know, you've got to take the break between the long projects so that you can go away and think, you know, like uh, another reason I, I do showers in the morning is because I find that I'm awake and I'm ready. And the shower, uh, though I try and not do business in the bath, um, the shower is a time to not be working but be thinking and i can mull over things and i've often find i've got a lot of my ideas and inspiration in the shower because i'm not like actively trying to do something it's my brain is sort of ticking away doing things and you know that 20 minutes 10 minutes in the shower is is another break though i'm sort of always going that's really important is is to take those moments of pause for me at least is to take those moments of pause when I'm not shattered and destroyed to allow my brain to process what I've done to allow my mind to find the creative sparks that I know it does anyway you know to sort of nurture my soul um and and that doesn't mean like browsing reddit for an hour you know um but it's that kind of thing of having dedicated time where I'm not engaging with something directly um you know though of course if you're chopping vegetables mind your fingers um but i find that time really important for then long-term you know creative longevity
0: yeah it's um it's interesting where i think there it's you know you don't want to be leaving everything at the door it's handy to be able to have that space where you can kind of loosely as you mentioned with like taking a shower you can kind of Loosely workshop stuff. Um, I think, mm. uh, especially being if you're maybe in a creative or need um a kind of problem solving situation, there's only so much you can brute force that. So enabling spaces where you can loosely work with ideas is incredibly handy. Uh, for me, I find just doing, even if it's a, a video like, like a video project, being able to do some design or manipulate photos or just do some like loose like edit 10 seconds and do that kind of sketching if there's a form of like sketching you can do Mm. within of a medium having that kind of space to just play around with ideas is a great way to kind of get you inspired and certain to think grand picture again and kind of looking forward again if you're especially burnt out And uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm probably not the best one to give advice in this (laughs) situation.
1: Well, I think the whole point is about managing it before you get burnt out. So say you've got a report to do, you know, maybe by the end of the week and you're kind of started it and you're like, God, I just have no idea, you know, how to put this together, or what I'm doing. The actual writing of the report will only take a small amount or a smaller amount of that time. It is the gathering the information. It is the processing, you know, what you've done or what somebody else has done. It's the tying it all together. It's the organizing the structure that is going to take that time. And that is that kind of, in a way it is creative, but it, it is that core brain power which requires the motivation. Um, And and your brain will take time to process this, Um you know whether you're somebody who can be incredibly you know good with improvisation and so you're <clears throat> sorry and so you're given an idea and you can just work straight from that or whether it is that you need extra time to mull it over and then at the end you pick that up by being incredibly quick at what you're doing and um, I think that's kind of how each of us work um that that there's something in that that your brain will need the time to work it through um and so yeah, the it's those pauses that you give yourself to allow yourself to do because if you just try and smash through it um and try writing that report on day one, um, you know, you try and write the introduction and the conclusion kind of thing. You're gonna just have to rewrite them at the end. Um, or, you know, if we're starting on a project, I think it's different for, for filmmaking a little bit because we've got an exact pattern that we follow every time you know because you have to start with pre-production and end with post-production but within those there's a lot of different jobs to do so it's kind of like breaking it down of okay well if I can find the locations this morning um you know double check on the actors and um maybe start the the filming schedule before lunch then I can give myself a nice break and then maybe over lunch I'll be thinking oh well Brenda was really good in that last thing that we did I'll maybe ask her if she can be involved and then it turns out oh she actually loves making props we'll have her also as props um and it's that kind of thing that though that's a very specific situation um there are elements of those that are sort of replicated throughout of working with people of giving yourself pauses um because if you just keep smashing through it, um that is how you get burnout and I think especially YouTube culture, which you sort of come from a lot more anton, very much encourages that behavior um and it is wonderful how a lot more people are speaking out about it now, but um that doesn't necessarily fix the problem of how do we find those healthy work work existence balances It's not even work life it's it's work existence,
0: yeah, um, you know it's uh. Like, if you're once you've had that kind of situation where, let's say, you've had that like couple days, couple like 12 hour days, and you completely just burnt yourself out, uh, I think it's useful to kind of know how your life is put together. What's the the key parts of it? You know, let's say you, after you finish work, you maybe have dinner, you maybe play a video game for a bit, and maybe do some exercise. So once you kind of know the key events that go along your days if it gets flipped upside down, having that understanding of what's the key parts, you can start introducing those back in and retrying to restructure your your day to day where you can get back into those old routines of up, oh, it's a am yeah, um, let's uh you know get a, you know, a cup of coffee from the local cafe, pop into the office, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera
1: hmm um and i think the last thing i'd like to say about it is particularly when you can't ever find any motivation when you've gone past that point where you are essentially burnt out in some regards um you know whether that's creatively or just in general or in your life or in your mind um and and you really can't find (coughs) sorry and you really can't find any kind of motivation that is much more of a signifier of, of there's something else underlining that is sort of not functioning for you in a kind of a healthy way. And there will be times in your life where th- it just seems oh, awful and why should I bother and whatever. And I think if you can know how to draw upon motivation within yourself, you're kind of unstoppable. Um, but if you hit these points easily where there's such a brick wall that it's impossible to go through... Um, or climb over um you've really gotta start investing time in learning how you take
0: yeah there you know there's a um a thousand different mind games that you can try and pull uh, to kind of get your the ship sailing um so you know it's all about kind of knowing which ones you can and can't use, and once they're not working for you, realizing that you know yep this is a a point where you just need to take some time for yourself and uh you know if you can try and spread that out and you know have a good you know a good lunch break have a couple hours on the side maybe a day off at the weekend spreading out like that is much better than you know working every single day four till twelve and then uh Four till, 12? Yeah, four, 4 till 12 yeah let's
1: go 4 till 12 i was thinking 4 a.m
0: till 12 p.m i don't know why oh, or oh, midnight right. uh never mind um but yeah well, doing that, that for 12 a.m for weeks uh <laughs> you don't want to do that because then you're just you're just reallocating at uh, your rest uh try and try and avoid that and just take it as you go
1: yeah I mean, we've also got to remember. I know this doesn't apply to you and me, Anton, but most people also have normal lives, like on top of their work. So, uh, but, uh, imagine having to manage that as well. <laughs>
0: Scandalous. See, it's it's yeah. funny in uh, our cases where it's like, I'll finish us like Naka media work, and then I'll go work mm. on like a, a music video idea that I'm just playing around with, or then yeah. do some like graphic design for like a, a hobby or <laughs> random stuff like that so it's like um where does the break begin and that the life begin hmm.
1: yeah i guess it is a difficult time and we can't really go outside right now but i i would often really relish going on a photography shoot of just like you know it's really nice day let's go to this location and i'm just going to sort of shoot as we walk um and i haven't done one of those in ages mainly because we can't go outside um well we can but be careful where you're going and what you're touching. Um, but also, yeah, we've been doing so much stuff for work. It kind of feels like work now. Um, so I've got to sort of rejiggle my work-life balance. Um, but you know, do you know what is really good about this week, Anton?
0: What's that, Louise?
1: Do you know what I've managed to do? I actually fed the ravens. And now <gasps> they've multiplied like amoebas. And there's double the amount of ravens. Oh, they're not, yeah, they're everywhere. So, so,
0: are we in need of double as many uh, inquiries if people are interested in getting in contact yeah. with us? these oh.
1: ravens are so l- lazy. They need the motivation to keep going, Anton. Oh um, my god!
0: And you know they would be slightly sad if you didn't. If you just send an email to contact at Mac Media. Dot com, dot, dot co. UK. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: what was that email one more time?
0: Contact at nakamedia.co.uk
1: Yeah. Split Woo. up split up your email into two so the ravens have to carry the two bits. No, don't do that. Um or you know, you could get involved in our social media, um, which the ravens also run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: that's our remark. You know it's, you know when they have the, the monkey analogy of just Falls into monkeys at typewriters. It's that, but ravens on smartphones. Uh, That's how we run our marketing.
1: The analogy is a little different because that's to do with creativity and and writing forever. But yes, we have thousands of ravens sat at thousands of smartphones um, typing us Instagram posts. Um, And yeah, that would be on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook.
0: At Nakamedia LLP. Woo um yeah i think uh this has been a fantastic episode wouldn't you say louise and um
1: it's good yeah
0: and uh if you've enjoyed that as well we would super appreciate if you're on itunes or similar platforms to leave us a little wee review we'd love to hear from you and um if you have anything you'd like to like us to chat about please do get in contact with us on the, the socials we would be interested to hear if you've got any questions about motivation or anything else kind of business startup related and that would be all fantastic to hear
1: yeah um so i think i think from us at naka media that's that's a buy from us
0: Orfa.